Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 97. It's a special guest week. We've got Heidi Jacobs from Whitehall Pottery. <laughs> she looks super surprised. Did I not say the name right? Is it is it a different name? No, it's the right name. I just I was wondering if the bell was a real bell or like <laughs> a, a programmed thing. This is a is brass a bell. Brass oh no, we we can't <laughs> afford like uh, like live <laughs> live punched in <laughs> sounds. We we have to yeah. We, we, yeah, we do our own sound. We effects. do our own wicka wicka. <laughs> I should get like a DJ one time that's doing that's scratching for me as we record just because you said that. That's that's what I'm thinking. That'd be yeah. awesome. Maybe for no episode one hundred. No virtual effects here, folks. All well, real. Ro- Roxy <laughs> does scratching. Did you even say what our topic is? I wasn't listening. No, not yet. I haven't made well, it there. I, we sort of hinted at it in in the name, uh, Whitehall Pottery. Uh, Heidi, your dominant skill set is pottery making. What skill class would you say that is? Muddy. Muddy. Mm. Muddy makes sense. <clears throat> that, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I agree. It's very very cloudy. Very difficult to see. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving right along, we, we have our history and fun facts section. Did you do any research on pottery that you wanted to share with everyone? As of re- recently, uh, yes, I have. Hit actually. us with it. So I'm working on a, a badge out project that requires me to uh, print logos on the face of mugs. And so I started off with a couple of different transfer techniques and now I've moved into screen printing onto paper, a reverse image, and then applying that uh, like a decal on the face of the Mm. mugs. And I'm trying to do it all in-house so that I can understand the process and get better at it because I'm a nerd. Are there paints paints that you can print that that work well that can be fired and i mean are they special inks that yes uh it's it's a glaze and it's called under glaze and when it fires um it does not get glossy so it doesn't have the silica in it Mm -hmm. it's um it's more of a stain so like a similar to a mason stain um it's it just kind of gets a really flat matte look but very dark and deep Mm -hmm. um so you can you can put it on the surface of the vessel multiple different ways. You can draw with it. You can paint with it. You can use a stylus to kind of move the stuff around. You can do scraffito, where you like put a big block of color and then you use a, a tool to scratch it away. Um, or you can do what I'm doing and, and uh, print your own. Um, they're like, you can print it on uh, newsprint or rice paper as a transfer and you wet the back mm-hmm. of it almost like a temporary tattoo right put it on the surface of your vessel so so what happens if someone accidentally gets stain remover on the mug stain remover uh yeah. won't do anything once it's been fired oh it doesn't work on stains okay i spilled I spot remover on my dog now he's gone only works on the unemployed no, <laughs> <laughs> poor spot c spot 
disappeared. I, I had, there was a time when I was doing transfers onto circuit boards uh -huh. and it was the same sort of thing. And they recommended kind of a, like a glossy magazine print that if you printed it onto that, it would transfer off. And I had this one magazine that had this weird shape to it. The pages were like, like the magazine was bound on the eight and a half side of an eight and a half by 11 almost, oh. but they were really long. So you could tear them out and then cut the ripped off portion out and still have a eight and a half by 11 sheet. So it was something like, it was like eight and a half by, by 11 and a half format magazine. And I continued to subscribe to that magazine for a long time, only because I was using the paper. <laughs> not, not because I cared yeah. what was in this trade journal, but because it had this odd format and it was my source of paper for transfers. Nice. I've been mm. purchasing packing paper. So like the newsprint packing paper that's just a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. uh, it just seems to not absorb too much of the water to like spread the underglaze and keeps the lines pretty tight. Uh, the the only thing that I'm struggling with right now is getting it getting the underglaze off uh, and getting it clean onto the vessel. So right. I think it's just a matter of that time was, and yeah. saturation. That was the same thing I did. This was kind of like a clay based, like semi gloss look trade journal. Oh, okay. And so it kind of had a slippery surface to it, and so things just came up came back off. Yeah. What of do they call that? Better. A water slide. Yeah, the, the kind water, of. water slide decals that they use for like, uh, what's mm -hmm. Emily? Models. Water slide. Mm -hmm. I've got some of those uh, right here somewhere. I have. They use them for Emily like model Joyce kits and stuff. Uses them on the jewelry stuff. I think. Yeah. 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 So, but the the water slide decals are, it's it's more like a a thin film that you're printing on top of. And then the film releases from the paper, and the, like the ones I have, they tell you like, once you apply, once you print on top, before you apply the water to release from the paper, you're supposed to spray uh, three clear coats of acrylic on top of it, so that it, it actually will secure the ink to the thing. Mm -hmm. um, slightly different, but can't when you said silk screening, can't you just silk screen directly onto the mugs? I tried that, so I I purchased some just silkscreen fabric that was loose, so it wasn't already mm -hmm. pre-stretched or anything. Um, and a few weeks ago, I used my silhouette to create the transfer uh, lines, uh, basically like to, to block out the area rather than doing like an exposure on a small piece. And I, I just used heat transfer vinyl. And the, the challenge that I had was my, the mugs that I'm doing right now have a pretty um, round surface. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're not just cylindrical. They, they have kind of a belly to them, you'd call it. And I was having trouble getting an even uh, disbursement of the paper or the silk screen to put the material down. So yeah. I wasn't getting a clean print. In some areas, I was getting more uh, saturation. In other areas, I wasn't getting enough. And then I was trying to get some really fine details because the, the logo has some really fine type to it. And I, mm -hmm. I did some samples with my logo just to, to try it out, but it wasn't, it wasn't super successful. I think it's much better if you're just doing like a tagline or something. So I, I did use that technique for putting... Um, a business name or a, a website on the very bottom of the mug, 
But when it comes to having like a really clean, detailed, crisp logo, I I just don't think I'll ever get to the to the place where I've I've got a super clean look. I think it's always going to look a little bit distressed. Right. Just even with the decal, because mm-hmm. you're going to have some slight folds in it if you're going over that kind of spherical. Yeah, and some of it surface. has finger lines in it too, because I th- I throw my pottery; it's not cast, so right. it's got a it little bit of ridges. Has to get down into those ridges or in exactly, the yeah, exactly. But I think that that's kind of the look we're going for with these, because it's um it's a brewery in the middle of the woods. So it's, it's kind of like... Well, I think in general, if you're... You know, it kind of works. If you're ordering hand-thrown pottery, you don't... I mean, personally, I wouldn't want the decal to look like it was ink-jetted on. Yeah. You know, after the fact or something. It doesn't go with the whole motif of... The yeah, it's, it's, I've seen other potters purchase the water slide decals that you actually fire uh, in the kiln. And, and they apply on top of your glaze. So if you've... If you've already glazed the vessel, that that means it's 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 like in its last stages, and you put it back in with the decal over top of it. I just always felt like that kind of looked like not cheating, but it just manufactured. Yeah, manufactured. If it, it felt like I don't know, I didn't I didn't really like it too much, so I I've kind of stayed away from that. Like I've had people ask me to do that, and most of the and time and you just I'm slapped like, them. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we don't try. do that here. What do I look like to you? What do I? I play in mud all day. What do you? What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. cool. That's usually Tom's response. He plays in mud all day, also. It sounds like if you get the right mix of transfer material, it's, it'll work. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about where I ended up tonight. It's just a like I need to buy a new spray bottle because I, I broke my, my handle on my the trigger thing on my spray bottle so just waiting for that and then i i kind of wonder heidi and this is the, when you were describing the process especially with the misshapen surface my immediate thought was if you had almost not not really a rubber stamp but almost like a sheet of silicon that had the well, that's, impression that's pad on it. printing i mean if they were making a million of them that's how they would do it is with a pad pad printer probably yeah they sell they sell uh, gel, like a gel mm-hmm. sheet that you can yeah. roll your piece on. Yeah, you, yeah. You basically screen print onto the gel and then roll your piece over top of it. But again, that's more if you have a perfectly flat cylindrical mug versus a round-bodied mug. Like you'll you'll never get you'll never get the whole image uh, all the way up to the collar with mm-hmm. a but with, with like a flat the pad, gel pad. pad printing pads or can be kind of a really squishy silicone and so that it kind of squishes in even if it's a golf ball or you know something really round um, i thought maybe you could deform the pad to the shape of the mug that's why i was thinking if it was not like a solid pad but something yeah. like a sheet of rubber almost yeah the, the pads for that are typically convex so the pad would be like sticking out opposite of how you of your mug mm-hmm so then when you print it, it comes out, you know, you, yeah, I'm your, picturing, your I'm logo picturing that. is not deformed because it's deformed opposite on the pad. I'm picturing that um, viral video that was going around. It looked like a, a, a big droopy breast that comes down into a bowl and it, it like dips onto a plate, dips into the bowl and mm-hmm. then the bowl gets like a ton of um, yep. 
the yeah that's the that's printing. pad that's pad printing yeah i got really into it you know a long time ago and i bought a little pad printer that i you know that prints offsets onto a silicone pad and then you roll your part over it yeah um but the the fancier ones have this you know you aptly described it's like just this silicone blob that goes down into a, a um, I think it's called a cliche but it's just a, it's an engraving with holding the ink in it and mm-hmm. it just pulls that out of the engraving and then presses it onto whatever you yeah it's crazy it. yeah. it's crazy to see how how many they can do like that but you know it's that's much more manufacturing than honestly I Really right. As soon as you to. got set up to do that, no one would want that anymore. Exactly. Exa- <laughs> oh man. I, I can't, can I just tell you how many times it's happened where I like invest in a process and then it's just like, nah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was the last time anybody asked for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so let's, uh, let's move on to Tom. Tom, did you do any, any research on pottery? Hmm. No, not at all. Hard pass. Yeah. Okay. No surprise there. Tanda, what about you? No, I don't, I don't want to take a lot of time, so uh, I'll let people just kind of read it for themselves. It was really easy to find. I looked up famous potters, and uh, apparently there's this guy named Harry that's like a wizard. Um, and uh, he did, I, I guess what he's known for is firing goblets or something like that. Uh, but I was able to find a lot of stuff on it. So if people want to look it up, you know, just go type in, you know, Harry Potter and goblets and fire and you'll, you'll find it. I've never heard of him. Yeah, I, I, famous potter, apparently. I must not be up on all the latest potter stuff. Yeah. He's Before got he a really got interesting scar story, too. Like, oh, he's deformed? He, slightly, I mean, his face a little bit. Not terrible, like, he's not disfigured, kind of, but... Kind of an S-crack. Yeah, a little That's bit of an S-crack. kind of an S-crack. <laughs> Dig it. Are we, are we still talking about his face? That sounds like he's got... Oh, he's at least three seconds slower than Tanda. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. <coughs> did you did you find any superstitions, PJ? I I looked and I found something. I'm gonna say is superstition adjacent. It's it's not quite a superstition, but I found it very interesting. So um, what I found is something. This is this. I'm gonna pronounce all this stuff wrong. I'm telling you right now because it's all like it's all Greek. Uh, but it is the diamonies. Karamakoi, uh, and uh, that translates to uh, Diamon's Ceramisi, which are five malevolent spirits which plagued the craftsman potter. So these are like basically not gods, but they're pottery demons, which I have never heard of before. And I'm like, okay, let's let's see where this goes. I like it. So we have. Um, Suntribos, the Shatterer. We have Smaragos, the Smasher. Mm-hmm. Aspetos, the Charer. Sabactes. These are these are pottery demons. Tom, welcome to the show. So far, uh, I've met them all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have Sabactes, the Destroyer, and Omodemos. The crude bake. Mmm. <laughs> the crude bake. Yes. Yeah. Under under fired pottery. <laughs> and uh, and and there's like, I'm not gonna read this, but there's like a whole 
like literature chunk from Homer's epigrams about this, and it I read it. I'm like, yeah, this is straight out of the the Greek literature here. Only yeah. they would come up with demon pottery demons. I, I I feel like we should have a modern day equivalent, but we don't. I think so. I think so. Or or maybe that is the modern day equivalent. They 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 might already be here. I've met them all. Other than, than my point, I feel my, my research has been validated. <laughs> you know, I just, I always thought it was physics. And now I know that it's demons. And I just, I feel so much better. Because I can't fix demons. That's right. Your, your clay is possessed. <laughs> At, I mean. You can befriend them. I don't know that I, my soul is enough for them right now. <laughs> you can't befriend demons, Tom. That's, that's not the way it works. You have to make an offering. Yes. And, and, and then they no, still... they not with that attitude, it's not. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. You're not I don't wrong. think you try hard enough. That's Tom's... That's the... Never mind. Right. <laughs> We're moving. I like that. I, I'm going to have to <laughs> dig more into that. Maybe I'll, I'll make a series based on the Greek yeah. demons of pottery. I say, old chap, it's time for Patreon's parlor. So, narrowly missed last week, we got a brand new patron, and he 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 snuck in there like right before we recorded, and because I'm very bad at this job, I didn't check the email to see until after we'd already recorded. So, uh, everyone, please welcome our newest Patreon, who came in at the skill class 3.8457, Sean Osteen from Tinkering Rocks. Yay! Woohoo! Thanks, Sean. Sean. So, uh, Sean uh, is getting a custom skill today, and <clears throat> I think that um, it has something to do with rocks. I, I don't really know. It's uh, it's op- it's open to debate, but this is this is the first time we've had a guest in uh, to help us decide a skill for a, a patron. Um, Heidi, you're muted right now. Is it something going on over there? Nope. There's just a little bit of noise <laughs> in the background, and there was a child, and I didn't want to sacrifice him to the pottery demons. That might be the way you appease the demons. I mean, just putting <laughs> it out there. Might be a pottery demon. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, there you go. The pottery demon is the child. That's, that makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, well, should we just give him something like the ability to fly? I mean, that'd be a cool skill to have. What does that have to do with rocks? Nothing. But you, he can fly. No, Tom. That's that's not how this works. We're, we're supposed to get If you the avoid skill. rocks. Well, all right. What about X-ray vision? That way, you can just like look into the ground and find the rocks he wants. He's he's no need to cut rocks in half to find the geodes. Just sees right Ooh. through. Just tinkering rocks. You what about laser eyes? Tom keeps offering up superpowers. These are supposed to be skills, Tom. Like actual skills. Oh. What do you? What do you <laughs> I don't understand. What I mean, you, that's a, if you had laser eyes, I could imagine someone being good and bad at you using laser eyes. I, how so about it's how a about skill we get, if you have how about, it. <laughs> How about we give him the skill to make superpowers? I mean, that'd be a good oh. skill. So, like, but not to himself. Yeah, he can oh. he can make superpowers for other for other people. <laughs> it's always a kryptonite. It's always a kryptonite. So he he's we give him the skill to be an evil scientist. Yeah, yeah, oh. I think that's along the right lines. 
Hmm. He has the like ability to uh, green chemicals. Does he have to be evil though? I don't think I don't think he's evil. A mad scientist? Reformed evil scientist. Yes. He's uh, now he's now providing superpowers for the good. He's really into scouting. I think he should be an eagle scientist. Maybe he's an eagle. He gets eagle. all the eagles special. Yeah, he's like, a, like at the top. You no, know, no, like an eagle scout. He's like an eagle scientist. He's like at the at the top of the mad scientist uh, spectrum. See? We're right back to f- being able to fly. I don't understand why we had to go all the way down this road. I mean, Tom, everybody can fly if they go to the airport. That's not what we're talking about here. He's, like, he's, an, he's an eagle about? scientist, so he can give you a superpower, but it has to do with your eyes. Hmm. He can make your eyes do anything. So Bad he, superpowers to good guys. He, he can give you um, super eyes, but you can only spot rocks. What, what are super eyes? Do you mean supervision? No. Do you mean no? Not supervision. No one needs to monitor you at all. You don't need supervision. The super eyes allows you to see rocks from great distances. (laughs) Oh, that would be a good skill to have, especially if you're collecting rocks. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he said he's his name is Tinkering Rocks. I mean, I'm guess he's like. Po- you know, poking the rocks and prodding them and rolling them. You know, he's, he's doing something with the rocks. So, I mean, being able he's to spot like, the rocks. rocks. <laughs> oh wait, is it a musical thing? Did I did I misread the name? I think from Ooh. his logo, he's like saying like rocks, like it rocks, like rock and roll, like yeah. Oh, Tinkering oh. is fun. Oh, he doesn't. Tinkering is. He doesn't awesome. have anything to do with rocks. Oh. See, see, we complete, we got to restart this whole segment. You took it little like eagles. <laughs> well, I'm glad we didn't start off with flying, Tom. His oh, eagles a I rock thought he, I thought he just worked with rocks. I miscalculated this man. Well, um, maybe we could... Uh, uh, well, I don't know. Okay, what if he could give you super eyes that can spot only rock bands? You can't like hear it. them. You can only I see them. That- can't, what if he can, can't what hear if he them can, at all? What, what if he can see the rock, the rock god within, and predict who will become one? Oh, so he's he's it's like a talent agent skill. Mm. So yes. now we're back to like normal jobs. <laughs> well, these these are supposed to be skills that people can actually get, but yeah. Yeah, Normal but PJ, jobs. we had to. We, we, we bequeath to... on you the ability to be a talent agent. <laughs> <laughs> you cultivate young minds and talents. <laughs> Could be old minds, you never know. Oh, I see. Now we're back to normal. That's <laughs> no, like, it's tinkering. Just as we were getting oh, interesting. Enough. Oh, man. <laughs> what if he was a talent agent that could fly? Yes! Back to the flying. I'm in. I Talent agent I, by day, I, Batman by I night. second that idea. <laughs> no, I, I meant that he's a talent agent that has like a lifetime pass on Delta Airlines. Oh, Delta. Right. Lots of sky miles. <laughs> yeah, he's got unlimited sky miles. He can fly wherever he wants. <laughs> Seeking out I mean, all that talent. <laughs> That is talent. I mean, so no you ask for the everywhere. ability to fly, and you just uh, get a frequent flyer sorry, card. Sorry, Sean, you've <laughs> just been demoted <laughs> to talent agent. <laughs> but he's also terrified of heights. Oh wow! There's there's the kryptonite. 
He can fly anywhere he wants, but he's terrified the entire time. Well, I guess drugs could fix that. We just turned him into an alcoholic. That's what we did. No, no. We're no. sorry. The no, rock and roll guys are not alcoholics. That's like They're all cocaine. Come on now, Tom. No, he drinks to get on the plane. Because he's afraid of ice. I think you I drink when you're on weeks. the plane. Don't, that's that's where they serve you that little cart, right? They come down. How, they, how about yeah. giving him the ability to roll? <coughs> it, that goes like with a, the rock, like a rock. Yeah. Okay. Like he so, can just bowl, bowl somebody over. Like like a super roll? Yeah, like, like a giant roly poly. Yeah. He just oh, wait, rolls wait, up wait. in a ball. He's like then... one punch man, except he rolls into you instead of punching. I, okay, yeah, hold on. It's kind of like a sonic, thinking, sonic thing. Hold on, hold I'm on. I'm thinking hold about on. him listening to the episode right now and going, oh, good. I'll just be able to fly. That's great. And then Tanda just took it in another direction again. <laughs> uh, okay, Tanda, I like your idea, but I want to I wanna offer a different viewpoint. What if we gave him the skill to roll anything? Stuff that, not even round, he could pick it up and roll. Yeah, I like that. He can just make anything start rolling. Yeah. That's a good skill to have. Yeah. Especially if you have a bunch of heavy objects in your shop. Exactly. No need, no need to have casters. Look at that wrench yeah. roll. Yeah. Kids. Yeah, but not slide. You mean literally roll, like the table saw would go end over end. Yes. And be destroyed. Yes. He no, just it wouldn't be destroyed, though. It would it just, like, flip end over end up to where it got to where you wanted well, it, and then it would, it would be, be upright. How would it not be destroyed? And, uh, That's well, part of the superpower. Power. He's very skilled. Tom. Don't question. Don't, his, don't question don't his back superpower. up, Tanda. <laughs> it's not a superpower, okay? It's a skill. It's a skill, okay? He can roll everything oh. so precisely. He can like if it's if it's a table saw, he can roll it so that it stops rolling right side up, perfectly fine. Okay. And only rolls on its edges. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's undamaged. Well, let's just let the record show. But I I was really trying to give him the power of flight and. Y'all took it from him, so. Rolling it is. All right, now now we need a cool name for the rolling skill. Oh, man. <clears throat> tinkering Rolls. That That's already his name. <laughs> that's No, no, no. Tinkering, tinkering Rolls. Oh. Now he sounds like a baker. Like he's making bagels <laughs> or something. Yeah, that's kind of right. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that. Uh... What about relaxation? Relaxation. Yeah. The tumbler. Mm, tumbler. Roll aids. Roll aids. Mm. That's not bad. That's not bad. I'm I'm kind of particular. It's it's it sort of seems helpful. He gets indigestion whenever it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, the only, that's the only problem. You can only do it a little for a little bit, or you start to get <laughs> you nauseous. get heartburn. You get heartburn. You get heartburn. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah, if you if you, you you roll stuff too much, you get a little heartburn. Yeah, I mean that's that could be the. the you gotta night. limit these things, otherwise they just you just roll all over you. That's true. Yeah, nobody wants that. Yeah, so there has to be a downside. Especially if he's a big guy. Well, there is, especially if you're rolling things. There's definitely an upside and a downside. Right. It's kind of the whole. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of. The essence of rolling. The whole point. Well, yeah. technically, if it's something round, they're, 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 it's just an inside and an outside. It's not round. Do we have to re-explain the thing that you created? No. I, what are you talking about? We need to think, figure out a name. I think Tom, it's. I think should we just call it rollatification? I like it. We give him give him the skill of rollatification. Yes. What skill class is that? Seven. A zero. 
Yeah, thank it, you. No, it's an eight. It's an eight. It's two, two. It's like two rolls on top of one another. It's not wow. easy to do. It's an infinity. Yeah. yeah. There we go. It's an infinity Infin- skill. Infinity. It's, it's the kind of skill that Thanos would want if he could get it, right? Should call him Infinite Craftsman. I, I, I know a guy that's got that name, Tom. I don't think anybody wants that. All right. yeah. So, uh, so anyway, uh, Sean, uh, by the power uh, vested in the four of us, uh, we give you the skill of rollification. Rollade? Rollatefication? No, nope, you already screwed it I, up. I messed nope. it up. Tanda, why no. don't you do it? Rollatefication. Rollatefication. <laughs> yeah, tinkering <laughs> rolls. Ooh, that's, bell. that's that's all we got, man. That's all. We got. Like a, that was like a condolence bell. Sorry, sorry, Sean. Thank you but for thank you so much for your support. We appreciate Ooh. it. Indeed, nothing better than the Queen's word. Mm. Cheerio. Most ridiculous conversation we've ever had. Oh, that's saying something. You say that about every single time we do that, Tom. I think that, I, I think that was a. Was pretty ridiculous. All right. It is time for personal history. Heidi, how did you get into pottery? What was the impetus? Was there like a pottery dealer on the corner who gave you one for free and then you couldn't stop? Ah, uh, well, it was a. There, there were like multi facets of like how I got to do pottery. It started in college. I was a sculpture major and started working in clay. Really enjoyed it. Uh, However, I liked sculpting in clay and thought pottery was like boring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought like I was very politically minded uh, when I was in college, like most of us who are very uh, active in school and and think that we know more than everyone else. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got I got a question. I got a question. Yeah. So, so PJ must still be in college. Um, Potter, how is pottery um, a- anti-activism? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Where where is the the conflict here? Uh, so to me, in my 21 year old brain, when I was in college, I couldn't I couldn't find the 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 correct positioning of making functional pottery art and mm-hmm. and so sculpture and was art but pottery was i felt like manufacturing i, I mean highbrow like 20 yeah. year old art student is going i'm not throwing sh-, you know like <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't i wasn't into that so um I didn't ever try it in college. And then I, a friend of mine and my, my sister and I started playing this iPhone game about throwing pottery. And I, I was like, oh, this is really relaxing. I kind of want to try it in real life. <laughs> so then I, I got a little bit obsessive with like, how do I build my own pottery wheel? And so I built my own pottery wheel in like 2013, I want to say. And that was a lot of fun. The, the whole process of like figuring out how a pottery wheel works, how tensions work, how pulleys work, and you know, how you get the belt to turn the, the wheel when you know, the, the wheel head is up here and the 
motors down here and everything's all the wrong direction, like how you create a pulley system to make it work. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how do you tension the belt so that it, as soon as you put weight down on it, it doesn't stop the entire unit. So that's where like the, the mechanical part of it was really interesting to me. Um, and then from there, I ended up winning a um, Super Bowl pool and won a bunch of money. So I bought myself like an, a proper wheel and took a lesson from a friend of mine's mother who was a professional potter and pretty much the rest is history. Like I've been able to take my learnings from college and that academic mind and be able to apply it um, to, to make more artistic pieces. Uh, but then I also do batch pottery for local businesses that uh, need f- more functional uh, pieces that they want to hand out as gifts for people. So it kind of, <clears throat> it's one of those things where it's like, there were so many different like cross streams to, to get to where I am with pottery. It was, you know, none of it was really a, a direct path. It was just I, I must I must say that I did not expect the iPhone uh, segue into pottery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what game was that? I don't know. It was just like some pottery app where you could like do all the steps. You could throw the piece with your <laughs> finger. <laughs> you like put you could push it and pull it and push it and push it up and over and like make your vessel and then you could decorate your vessel and put it in the kiln and it comes out and it's like really cool. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but immediately when you said that, to me, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what the correlation is. When I was still in high school, I had a Game Boy, and one of the games I had on there was golf. Mm. And the only thing that you did was, like, there was a thing that let you aim, and then there was, like, a power bar that let you hit the button to, like, how hard you hit it. And I was playing this thinking, wow, golf must be fun. And I've never <laughs> played golf. <laughs> but I was I was thinking like that must be the comparison like the pottery game is like wow pottery must be fun I should try that I just like I remember it. I remember taking my daughter and a bunch of her friends uh, bowling once when they were all teens and one of her friends going this is a lot harder than it is on the Wii yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah. in in your in your pottery journey. Um, what is something unexpected that you experienced uh, from the time you started until now? Something that you, 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 you found that you really enjoyed that you didn't realize would be a thing? Um, I think the marketing part of it. I, I've really enjoyed growing the business and surprise, like it's surprising to me that what I make it, it inspires people but also like it's something that they want to purchase you know like mm-hmm. i'm so used to just making things just because i want to um and and then to find something that that kind of allows me to tap into the things that i was trained for in my professional life and apply that to something that that feels so um genuinely mine and mm-hmm. being able to, to turn that into something that has some monetary value. And um, it just, I think that's something that I didn't anticipate enjoying so much. It's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. When, when someone's willing to put, like, give you money. And again, it's not about money. But when they give you money 
and you give them the thing and they want that thing like it's it's validating kind of rewarding yeah yeah that the, that that something you enjoy is is appreciated and and sought after yeah right yeah right and money is just the way that that's expressed it's not like what else could they give you right a hug i'll take that too but like <laughs> brownies they could give you brownies just, yeah no one says no to brownies it's very cool I haven't found that thing yet. I've, I, I haven't. The only thing I'm really making is stuff on the 3D printer, and that's like complete hit or miss. Like I usually, I, I think it's a given. I'll get like three people that are interested in whatever the thing is, Be, probably because I didn't actually make it. The printer made it. It was in my brain. But other than that, I have had no. I, like I, I envy you the success that you're you're making all the things that the people want. I've had. I, I think probably the most successful thing I've made is a Walker Turner reproduction switch. This Art Deco switch, which is very hard to find. And I think I probably sold, if I had to add them all up, maybe 25 of them since I designed the thing uh, last winter. So mm -hmm. in a year, less maybe less than a year, I've sold 25. That's probably my most successful product. I'm willing to bet that you've probably sold like what, about a thousand, five thousand mugs by now, right? Yeah, it's quite a few. Um, <clears throat> I'll have to look at my spreadsheet and, and fill you in later on the total of of where I'm at with like the last couple of years, but it's uh, it's in the thousands every year. Yeah, that's my point. More than twenty-five. That's all I'm trying to say. It's a, yeah. it's a, that's good. I mean, it's 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 validating. Is what I'm getting at. It is. It is, and it's meditative too for me so like i get up super early in the morning that's how i start my day i throw you know 20 20 or so pieces in an hour and then i wrap them in plastic or you know i set them to the side to be worked on later in the day there's a, a rhythm to it and there's a i don't know a routine it, there's a routine but it's also it's um it's it's one of those things where like we talked about demons before like the the pottery demons like you have to it's a it's a practice that you have to let go of the pieces like no one is is more precious than any other because in an instant mm. something can happen they can explode right. in the kiln a dog can come running through your studio and knock them off a shelf a child can come in and pick it up by the wrong part and it can shatter in their hands you know um, there are just, there are so many steps in the entire process that it's really taught me to, um, th like in a more, that the process is more important than yeah, the piece. It's a more so philosophical existence, yeah. right? Where it's, it's not all about the end product. It's, it's about the expression. That's, that's good. That's really good. But that brings up a question, which I'm, I'm very interested let's say let's just say 10 out of every 10 pieces that you make what's the average how many of them don't make it to to completion well i always throw an extra five pieces mm. and whether whether i'm throwing 20 whether i i throw an extra five if i'm throwing two i throw an extra five those those five mm. give me a good good cushion uh, if something were to happen, like last year, I was throwing a, a ton of work for uh, Christmas, 
and I just knocked a whole tray of pottery over. And, you know, just having that built in, like, the oh pile, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. to say, like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I'll just put these ones in the kiln instead. Um, so I, I, I don't have a specific percentage, but right now, with, with the number of pieces that I'm throwing on a regular, it's just, if I have an order of 20, I throw an extra five every 20. Mm-hmm. And anything below that, I try to throw an extra five if it's a custom piece. I, I try to make mm-hmm. five of them, um, and then I have. And it it probably depends on the piece too, right? It I does. Mean, if it's something you've done, you know, five hundred of, then your confidence in it in something going amiss other than an accident is is much lower. Yeah. Than would, first would time I've tried. There's, is that kind of because there's not not that five is a magical number, but are there kind of five opportunities to screw up? Is that part of the idea? Like. Um, in, in those different stages are you you kind of screw the first one up and then that one's garbage and now you're down to four four extras yeah and then that next step you kind of screw the first one up and now you're down to three extras is that yeah how I'm, pottery goes sometimes? that's kind of where i landed so like there's the drying process after you throw uh, that something could go wrong there's there's when you're attaching embellishments whether it's a handle or a decoration there's um the bisque part you know, firing it too soon before it's dried enough and, you know, the face of it explodes off or whatever because there's still moisture in it. Um, You know, a piece falling off a kiln shelf or whatever, or, you know, when you're at the final glaze firing, the glaze not working out. Like, there's just, there are so many steps that if you did have extras per step, it just, it really seems to make sense. Mm -hmm. Do you, that brings up a question, do you carry things as far as you can through the process, even if they've failed earlier? Um, I, I used to. I'm always interested because some people, they'll like something will fail and they'll just be like, okay, I'm going to start over. But I, I would just like, okay, it's cracked, but I'm going to go ahead and see what the glaze looks like on this cracked one and take it all the way through the process because it's already, you know, it's already ruined. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use that to test the rest of the process, what the glaze looks like, what the, you know. Yeah, for sure. I, I have a, a shelf of things where it's like a, a shape, say it's a shape that never really went anywhere. I still I still follow that all the way through. It's it's just the stuff that has too many blemishes that, that kind of get cast to the side. So if something does have a crack in it at bisque, or at, um, at greenware stage, there's a chance that it's going to fail and affect other pieces in the kiln. So I, I don't bother with that because I don't want right. there to be an accident in the kiln that impacts the good ones. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to the bisque stage, if a piece isn't, again, going to fall over, uh, if it just has like an, a handle defect or, or something silly with it, like uh, say I, I knocked the rim and it got chipped, um, then I, I will test new glazes or test new processes, but I have a very limited amount of space. So I, what I used right. to be able to, to have room for, for experimentation, I don't. Now, now every inch of the kiln is. Every inch of my <laughs> studio, every inch of the kiln, every inch of the glaze area, you know, it just, it's, I, I'm getting orders of 50 to a hundred pieces at a time. So. I have to well, that's a good problem manage to that. It it is it is. But I'm also like teetering that line of like, do I need to go full time? <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 
All right. Uh, is there anything else about pottery that you wanted to tell us that maybe we didn't touch on? Um, well, I think a lot of people get confused about clay and polymer clay versus like out of the earth clay and different types of clay like terracotta versus porcelain. I get a lot of questions online about um, do I need to have a kiln to do pottery? Uh, and some people are like, well, can I just cook it in my oven? So <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, of those questions, but the biggest thing is, is like, you have to identify what you're making and do you want to eat off of it? Because if you fire something too low, say it's like air dry clay, you're not going to eat off of air dry clay because it's going to hold bacteria and there's no way of getting it completely clean. Uh, the same thing with um, any clays that you would put in your uh, conventional oven. It's not going to get hot enough to like make it food safe. So if you're just making sculptures or you're just making, you know, little, um, say, like ring dishes and things that don't need to have uh, the, the qualities of food safe, then, you know, by all means, go for the lower fire clays or the air dry clay. But if you really want to get into like making real uh, functional wear, then you're going to need to invest in a kiln. And there's multiple different types of clays. There's mid fire, high fire uh, clays out there. And you really have to, it is a science, like it is an art form, but it's, it's purely based in science and you can't break the rules of science uh so you kind of have to learn those rules to be able to be really successful so with the air dry clay um if you were to let something fully cure and then you put glaze on it and you don't have a kiln what if you took a heat gun could you actually melt the glaze on the air dryer or would it just crack and crumble all over the place well think about the foundation right so if you're if what you've made can't deal with the temperature that you need to raise to the outside surface to get mm -hmm. that to cure then you're gonna have a failure like the whole thing's just gonna melt and then you're gonna have you know shards of glass like you're not gonna <laughs> you're not going to get it hot enough to make glass with a torch. Sounds like my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I, 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 the reason I ask is I, I obviously I don't have a kiln. Uh, I do have um, I do have something for jewelry work, which y you would be able to fit maybe like one mug in, but it's mm. not meant for burnout. It's meant for casting, um, and obviously that's that's misappropriation it would, it would end badly it's not meant for that um, but I have bonsai trees and bonsai trees require specific types of pots mm -hmm. and um, I have I, I just restarted uh, my collection a few years ago at one point when I was living down south in Memphis Tennessee I had like 150 trees and I had tons and tons of pots and stuff and I just recently got back into it and I started looking at prices of bonsai pots and they have, they're like 400% higher than they were hmm. 20 years ago. 
And I'm just like, I'm looking at this like, I'll I could buy, buy a kiln it. for that. Yeah. That's, that's how yeah. I would look at it. That's, that's, I, that, that's how I buy tools. Yeah. I look at a pot and I go, that's a ridiculous price for a pot. $72? I'm going to buy a $7,000 kiln. <laughs> and I'm going to make $72, $72. <laughs> I, I've, I've actually seen kilns in, in eastern Pennsylvania where I live uh, for free. Yeah. That people are just like, come get it. And they're not small either. They're big, yeah. like, barrel-sized people, kilns. People get into the into the craft, or they or they just, you know, a grandma passes away and no one in the family is interested. Or yeah. Whatever. In the 70s so and 80s, them. it was really popular for slip casting. So mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of older generation women might have a kiln in their basement. So you're seeing a lot of those come out, like... Schools are getting rid of their art programs, so they're selling off their kilns and, and that kind of thing. So if you are, PJ, if you are interested in looking at getting a kiln, like I would say get a classroom kiln uh, from one of those auctions. They have all those surplus online auction sites, um, but they're not, they don't take a whole lot to run. And mm-hmm. like you don't have to have the computerized ones like I have. You can use the cone sitter. That's what I started with. It was just a small Olympic kiln. And if you're making bonsai pots, uh, you can do raku. So you don't even have to glaze your pieces. You can do a low fire to get it bisked. Mm-hmm. And then you can um, do a, a raku fire, which is just basically like heating it up to like 1200 degrees and tossing it into a um, combustible material inside of a garbage can and get your surface treatment you get all kinds of really cool things that like work really well with bonsai do you follow shane grace ceramics Mm -hmm. yeah did you see the alcohol oh yeah what is what is that i'd never i'd never heard of that i've never seen it i mean i've seen i've seen pieces that look like that Mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's just how they're all done but I was like, no, that's, 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 the that's first something I've, I've seen, never heard of. That's the first I've seen the alcohol treatment. Um, I didn't realize you could get that crazy, like, oil-ish marbleization that you can get on the surface. It's right. beautiful. Yeah, Look, looked really cool. Yeah, his pieces are just phenomenal. Um, when I first made, uh, a couple of years ago, when I made the mug for John Harvey, mm-hmm. the octopus piece, like, a lot of people push me to look at Shane's page because i'd never seen well he does he does a lot of octopus stuff god i mean but like whole octopus i was ashamed giant scale i was ashamed with mine after looking at his i was like oh good lord his his stuff is ridiculous yeah yeah Yeah. beautiful work did you see the um the fence posts he's working on the the i think i saw some earlier ones where yeah the tops yeah like he's been doing like one every once in a while Mm -hmm. different animals yeah yeah, they're yeah. fantastic. If you got, if you guys are interested at all, it's uh, Shane Greco, Greco, Grace, Grace, I think. Although I always get people's S S H Y A Y N E. Yeah, he's like Instagram Shane with a Y. I'm sure yeah. everybody's seen his octopus pieces, even if they didn't know that they did, like the sink basins with the giant octopus on them. Beautiful. Cool. Krakens, the Krakens. The Krakens are getting you. Yeah, they're Irish krakens, exactly. Um, I, I, um, I don't know. I, I probably will sometime in the future dip my toe in, in that particular 
hot. Oh, careful. Uh, it's really hot. Yeah, yeah I know. I, she she had me at combustible. Combustible finish. That sounds like that's up my... I, if I can make something explode, that's probably a good idea. Um, but I... I I would want to put at least a Junk Hunter Blue glaze on there just because it's on brand. You know, that's, yeah, that's how I go. Yeah, just a little bit of cobalt, the cobalt wash, you'd be fine. Yeah. But, um, but to, like, small pots are not a big deal, but the kind I need are, like, the size of, like, a 15-inch laptop. And you're looking at anywhere from 175 to $500 for one pot. Yeah. Yeah, I've made and, a few. They're not easy. Well, we'll... we'll We'll come back to that when I when it's my turn. We're yeah. going to Tom now. Tom, what's your what's your personal history with pottery? Uh, I've done it once at a place called the Clay Date, and I don't know if this is a normal thing for pottery, but the Clay Date is a place that you can go and like get a membership mm -hmm. and rent. You can rent like a half a shelf in a kiln, and you can go there as much as you want, and you can buy clay from them or bring your own. And you can use their wheels, and you can use their stuff. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, it was 40 minutes from me, so that didn't happen. But uh, I did it once, <clears throat> and I, I got enough of an idea of how to do pottery that I know just... Just not to try again, but really, like it was super interesting. Did you did you hand make something, or did you throw it on a wheel, or what was your? Oh, I threw it on a wheel, and then and then the teacher picked it up and and threw it again on the wheel, and <laughs> uh, and then like I don't know, it was really it was really interesting. It reminded me a lot of uh, two things: blacksmithing, and also turning on a lathe. Kind of how you can, like, when you put something in a lathe, you can kind of tap it with a hammer to make it run straighter. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. They might know what I'm talking about. Um, and you kind of can do the same thing with clay, but, again, I only did this once. But, like, you can kind of, I don't know if you nudge it or bump it, or you kind of just push into, uh, it's more of a soft, it's more of a pushing motion to get it to run true. I don't know. Yes. That's kind of the Centering. experience I had. Mm -hmm. Is it? Centering, yeah. So you can kind of just push it from one side, and because it's spinning, you're affecting all the sides at once, yep. right? I, I know that's not proper English, but it was really interesting in that way. And then I started to draw it up. I don't know the terms. Draw Pulling it, up. it up. That's what I want to say. Pulling it up. Thank you. And we'll just edit your voice <laughs> over my voice. That would be great. <laughs> and uh, I started it to broke. pull it, it broke. up. It broke in half. <laughs> it broke in half. And she's like, well, you can't put that back on. So, <laughs> but she was really good. Like she took over and like fixed it and made it into like. Did she put her arms around you thing. like ghost? Of course, that's how they said they had to do it. Okay. My wife was there though; it was a little awkward. And we, I just made a smaller thing, um, and then I painted it. I painted it green on the outside and orange on the inside, and called it my Nyquil trellis. <laughs> yes. That's it, because it was small, That's awesome. and I take shots of Nyquil out of it. It's great. That's awesome. <laughs> but it was really, <laughs> it was really cool though. Like it was a really cool experience. I'm glad. It's the type of thing that's hard to get exposure to without without paying someone to expose you. Yep. Right. Like you need you need someone to know what they're doing to show you that skill. Like blacksmithing, you could even like 
do with a campfire and a stone. I have a video on that. And, um, and any hammer under the sun would work. Whereas pottery, you can sculpt, you can do that stuff, but if you want to throw pottery, you need somebody with like a $1,500 potter's wheel. Mm, Heidi made her own. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. I take all that back. <laughs> it probably cost me 1500 <laughs> No, I'm kidding. There you go. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's like maybe $200 of parts. Yeah. And of going to rollers. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. But that's all I got. I also stole a piece of pottery from Pompeii, but we're going to edit that out because I don't think that's allowed. You're, you're, you're borrowing piece. it for like your museum. Big. You'll eventually yeah. take it, it back the, after, it after your exhibition is over. I didn't dig it up. It was just laying there in the road. I was like, that's a piece of pottery. Those antiquities pocket, people, they're going to come after away. Mm. Some tourist person, I'm that guy. dropped a mug. I'm that guy that touches the painting. Tom Meanwhile. picked up a broken mug and thinks Meanwhile. it's like ancient. Yeah. <laughs> right. Meanwhile. Uh, moving right along. Tanda, on it. Tanda, what is your personal experience with, with pottery? Uh, my experience with pottery is kind of um, probably from that era that Heidi alluded to earlier of a lot of uh, a lot of people really got into um using slip to create greenware, make, making molds, and then their thing was kind of painting it, painting and firing it. It wasn't really like making the object. They bought a mold, um, and so there were friends that, um, and there was a ceramic shop in town, and I don't remember ever seeing anyone throw a pot at, at this ceramic shop. You went in, they had shelves and shelves of greenware that were all just slip cast, and as a kid, it was kind of a fun thing. You could, you know, someone would buy one for you and you take it home and paint it and you take it back and they would fire it for you and you'd have this ceramic piece that you had had made yourself. And in fact, all you did was just paint it poorly. So uh, you've, you've, you've mentioned this, Tanda. I was gonna let it slide when Heidi said it. Maybe we should define for everybody what slip casting is for those that don't know, like me. Well, Heidi could probably do a better job of it, but basically you mix a really thin clay and you pour it into a plaster mold and the and the moisture wicks out into the plaster so it kind of dries it by the mm -hmm. moisture um, flowing out into the plaster and then you take and then it's a mold so then you um, take it off typically if it's hollow like most ceramic pieces that you see are hollow you fill the mold with the slip and you let it sit for a while and the outside starts to cure because that's where the moisture is wicking out of the out of the slip out of this really runny clay and then you pour the inside back out and so now you have a thin shell of ceramic and then you take the mold off of it and then you have your greenware that that's picture chocolate why was that a fad what's that why was that a fad is that not done still i, I think it was probably just that it was at some point it wasn't that creative. It was like manu how you would manufacture oh. stuff. And so, yeah. you know, once everybody in the neighborhood had made the exact same stein, yeah. it was just painted different than it, you know, or the gnome or the rabbit or the whatever it was. And so the whole thing was you just bought more and more molds that someone hadn't seen before or done before maybe. I don't know. My, my most recent experience with that was I made a product um, a number of years ago, which was a chili timer, because we're crazy about chilies in New Mexico, mm -hmm. and it was a kitchen timer that had kind of a unique uh, one-button interface where you just hit the button, 
and then it lighted an LED up the, you know, kind of this curved shape of a, of a chili pepper. And it went like one, two, three, five, eight, 10, 12, 15. It had kind of an odd numbering system because you don't usually cook something for 11 minutes. And if you're gonna cook something for 35 minutes, you can go 30 and then five. Um, and so I was working with the ceramics place to make ceramic shells using a slip casting process so that I could then put the electronics in and people could buy ceramic. I had a, a turtle and a chili pepper and a coyote. I had a few things, but they all had the same row of LEDs so that the same bit of electronics could go in each one to create these ceramic kitchen timers. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I just had a hard time because it's, it's, it's something that they could do artwork, but to have them make something that had holes that came out the same, three batches in a row, um, you know, I get the shrinkage and everything, but I thought, well, can't you just replicate the same thing three times? <laughs> in a row and it may have just been that they weren't as um you know they didn't have the finesse or the or the background in kind of controlling their process controlling you know how they made their slip how they how long they you know left it in before they poured it what they fired it i'm sure it can be controlled because you see stuff on the shelf like that all the time so i probably just had the wrong the wrong people and the first and the first like two batches the numbers were backwards Oh. And they just didn't catch it, you know, sorts of things. So I, I, I think I was on the wrong track with, with people. Sidebar, Tom, Heidi. Yeah. Uh, do you remember mm -hmm. that time Golden that Heidi. Tanda had a, a, a chili pepper timer business? Do you, do you remember that? Um, yeah. Yeah. I do. So, um, yeah. so, so Heidi, you're, you're, you're new to the show. Um, almost every other show, Tanda reveals some other business that she's had or some skill she's yep. that we've never known about in all the <laughs> or time. Some class she's taught. Yes, she's she's or, taught like every single yeah. class you could imagine. She used to be like a, basically a, she's she's the Phoebe of the group. Yeah, <laughs> she. I don't like, know what that means, but yeah, yeah. From friends, Smelly like cat. they find out Smelly. you find out in like season twelve that she used to be homeless. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, Tom, between you and me, she would definitely be the Phoebe because neither one of us is a, you know it's the Phoebe. But the point I'm making here is. This is like, I don't know, we're at like episode 97. This is like job number 50 that we found out about. She <laughs> yeah. just keeps pulling them out it's of impressive. thin air. Uh, like if you had asked me to, to bet maker. you money that she had a chili pepper timer yes. business, I would have lost. I knew that. Oh. I, I knew that because we had talked about it before. But yeah, she's the quintessential okay. maker. Just... Always fighting She's new done roles. Just about everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> done it all. Oh, Twice. oh, it looks like she's putting her pepper down. Tanda, uh, how many of those yep. chili pepper timers did you make? Oh, very few. It never got very far because I started my skydiving uh, business <laughs> and it was uh, it was kind of interrupted by that and, uh, <laughs> and 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 just kind of lost lost track of it. Ah. Uh. That's probably probably the wrong time. It's every everything's timing with those businesses, mm. you know. The yeah, too bad you didn't have a timer to set it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's, maybe it's, skydiving timer would have been the next evolution. It, 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 it would have been, but if you set it for thirty minutes, then it, it gets flat. Uh oh, 
Just yeah. the shoot the shoot doesn't open. The skydiving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You got to get your bake time right. It's a mess. Because well, you it, needed to set it for 11 minutes and then you would have been okay. That's true. Yeah. I was trying to set it for five and then six, but I got confused. You forgot how to add. The no, it was reverse, so it was a nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because because of the whole number thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it then having a chili down. ceramic chili prep pepper strapped on your wrist is always, you know, people make fun. Well, for good P- luck. P- mm-hmm. Yeah. PJ, what have you what have you got? I have one story. <clears throat> Only one, not un- not unlike Tom's, but mine was earlier. In four parts? No, it's just one part. Um, I was in high school, and uh, I had a. Uh, I had okay, so uh, a lady that worked with my dad um, had been adopted by a Native American tribe. She had spent time with them. I think she was a photographer, and now she was working for my father, doing artwork at, at the sheriff's department. And she told me that she was going to talk to the tribe and get me a kachina doll. A kachina doll is like a little talisman that you uh, not really worship, but you feed in order to uh, cater, you know, like prosperity and good luck and things like that. And I was all excited about this. Uh, I think I was a... um, a junior in high school, I want to say. I think it was 11th grade. Um, so here, I think I'm getting this thing. And a kachina doll you put in a bowl. And the bowl has to have holes on the sides where you would put in, like, corn and other foods to to appease the doll, basically. You're making offerings. And when I thought I was getting this doll, um, I was like, I need a bowl. I don't have a bowl specifically for this thing and you know when you're a teenager like everything's got to be right or it's it's gonna be right (laughs) so i i I didn't have an art class and but i did have a free period so i just went to the art teacher and i'm like i need to make a bowl and she just looked at me and she's like all right well there's some clay right over there have at it and that was it. Like, I don't remember her giving me any instruction or anything. She's like, sure, go for it. I guess she thought that I knew what I was doing. <clears throat> so I, I grabbed the clay, and I was sitting there looking at it, and I looked at the other people there, and they were just, like, beating the hell out of the clay on other tables. And I'm like, I guess I should probably beat mine up, too. So I just started slamming it down, like, beating the hell out of it. I'm like, well, this looks like it's been, you know, properly beaten. It's definitely not going to sass me. <laughs> So, so then I, I sat down at one of the wheels and I started making this bowl and I made the shape that I wanted. Then I, 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 I was like, I need to make holes. So then I found something to make holes with. I don't remember what it was, but I just carved out little circles. I made them uh, three, three holes. It might have been four. I can't remember if it was cardinal directions or what. But there's evenly spaced holes, like maybe the size of like a quarter or a silver dollar going all the way around. And then I got done, and I, and I looked at her, and I'm like, I need to decorate this. What do you got? And she's like, oh, we've got glazes over here. So then she showed me the glazes, and I painted all kinds of symbols and stuff that I thought looked Native American on there because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And then once that was done... Um, this was the one thing that kind of failed me. 
I told her that I wanted to put a clear glaze on there. But what she gave me, what I believe was a matte glaze instead of a gloss. And so when it fired, it got this sort of hazy look to it. It didn't look nice and shiny. It looked kind of like chalky a little bit, which I felt a little bit bad. Um, but it didn't explode. It turned out exactly the way that I wanted it to turn out. And I still have it. And the, the when I got done, um, the teacher asked me, she's like, so who taught you how to make bowls? And I'm like, nobody taught me how to make bowls. She goes, that's your first bowl? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, that's weird. And, and that was it. That was the whole experience. She's, she, I, she, guess she thought I was going to mess everything up. I, I haven't made anything since. Probably the next thing I make will be a, a bonsai pot, and probably that'll come out the exact same way, minus the bad glaze. It'll probably look like I've been making bonsai pots for decades. Because that's how things happen for me. Just like I make a thing, it's exactly the way I picture it. And then people are like, oh, you've been making that for a while, huh? No, this is the first one. So that's it. That's my story. That's that's a good story. Having having grown up in the in the Southwest among a lot of Native Americans, that's the first time I've ever heard of putting a kachina in a bowl. And I've and I've never seen a kachina in a bowl. Well that, that must be like it. I said, what I was told. <laughs> I don't I don't even remember where I got the information from, but it's it's Did you did you get the kachina? You know, I might be using the wrong the wrong name. Are the kachinas the ones that are the big tall dolls, or are they the little stones that are wrapped with a precious uh, mineral? Uh, they're well, they vary in size, but they're usually like de decked out in like some kind of ceremonial dress, and they're usually no. depicted dancing. No, 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 that's not it. This was uh, this was like a totem. It's like a thing. It's uh, ah, a couple inches, okay. and it had um, it would have like a piece of turquoise or something wrapped around it with sinew. Um, I'm mm. using the wrong name. That's, gotcha. That's the wrong name. I don't, it's not a Kachina doll. It's something else. Probably a totem. Um, there was a name for it, and my memory is garbage. I don't remember what it's called. But it was a little, it was a little symbol that you were supposed to put in a bowl. I don't remember what it what it is now. I thought it was Kachina, but it's it's been thirty something years. I don't remember. I bet we can figure it out with something called Google. Probably. Oh, and I never got. I never I got heard it. I've heard of that. <laughs> I, I, I never got it either. I never got, like she never got the thing from the tribe. So I made the bowl, and there was nothing to put in it. So I ended up putting other things in there that were um, important to me. Let's just say that they're they're spiritual related things. But I didn't get anything from the tribe. Super disappointing, you know. I have I have ceramic things that my friend when we were probably eight i mean like sitting within reach of me that that painted like these these cast you know ceramic greenware that we yeah. painted i have like a couple of them sitting that i could go walk over and get um that my friend painted because it was just kind of a thing to do and gave to me as a birthday present when i was like seven or eight years old and for whatever reason it's like you know you can't get rid of those sorts of things and Mine's so up, upstairs. I, I in the still attic. have these painted ceramic rabbits and and pigs and stuff mm -hmm. that my the, you know neighbor kid painted for me for my you know, like eighth birthday. 
It's good to have those things. Yeah, it's important stuff. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial interludes and stuff. Hi, this is Charlie down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you running out of time to get your pottery to the craft show and you haven't even fired your bisque yet? Well, down at Johnson's, we've got the speedy solution. Johnson's Bisquick can dry your pottery in two shakes of a lampshade. Now hold on to your biscuits. Johnson's Bisquick prevents S-cracks and your handles from falling off. Johnson's Bisquick is $39.99 and can be found in our soup aisle. Do not wear kitten mittens. Please do not use indoors or ondoors may cause S-cracks. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right. It's time for crossbreeding. Heidi, what skill goes well with pottery? Oh. Uh, Eating. Eating. That that is. I think that's a first. That's a skill. That's brilliant. Well, it is, there's eating competitions, so that's that's true. I, I can't disagree with that. It's true. It's a good answer. Tom, what about you? What skill goes well with pottery? I was. I mean, I was going to say eating. Uh, I would say carving. Carving goes well with pottery. That's Ca- too good of an answer. Carving's a come skill. Come back to me. I'll come up with something worse. No, you already gave one. It's too late, Tom. Tanda. Dang. What oh, skill gonna, goes well with pottery? Drinking. Drinking? Like Ooh. drinking alcohol? Ooh. Oh, drinking no, anything drink out of a mug you that you've made yourself. I don't, I don't know if that's a skill. Eating is a skill. Well, sometimes if you, like, dribble it down your shirt, you can get better at it. There's well, I, competitive drinking. Is there competitive drinking? Das Boot. I'll find out right now. I, I don't <laughs> think there is. Das Boot. I, I mean... Ziggy Zaggy Ziggy Zaggy. That's competitive drinking right there. That was a TV show, Tom. That that's not a competitive. That was that's an old. Not ga- a TV show. The the beer mile, I'm the gonna, drinking competition that could ruin your dot dot dot. I'm going to lean into click, uh, click to kind of Heidi's angle on uh, on ceramics, just because I've talked to her and say material science, because I know she totally geeks out on. Uh, on what goes into everything that goes into the clay and to the the making of things that you wouldn't even think of if you were just the hobbyist um, doing doing ceramics. Doing okay. Pottery. Okay. So um, so material science is that like uh, cotton and polyester? Yeah. Yeah. Chemistry. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll accept that as an answer. Uh, as for me, I'm going to say the skill that goes best with pottery making is boxing, for sure. Oh, yeah. Boxing, that makes sense. Yeah. You you really have to beat that clay to get all the air bubbles out of it. And uh, I think that if you're a boxer, you get that done quicker than anybody else. Yeah. Wedging. Wedging has made me proficient with my footwork. I hate wedgies. They are the worst. Hmm. <laughs> Tom, you look like you've got something to say, or you're trying to make a <laughs> balloon animal out of your hand. He's, tra- he's blowing up his hand. Yeah. I'm being patient. On December 20th, 2010, Bob Coons drank a half gallon of eggnog in 21.02 seconds. Okay, Tom, people that have You can mental, all vomit now. 
people that have mental instabilities don't <laughs> constitute a skill, okay? That's, that's Eggnog, it's really slippery. It would be easier to drink than... Uh, this is a Tumblr post. I don't think there's anything official that, that about this That stuff time. is nasty. I don't know how his yeah. constitution is after drinking that much eggnog. Well, we all have the same constitution here in the United States, Heidi, so that doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. I wonder who Bob Coon's, like, arch nemesis is. Like, who's his eggnog rival? <laughs> it, it would have to be, like, the raccoon, right? No, I'm probably pronouncing it's it wrong. It's probably some Coyote guy named Ed. Don't the pun off of my bad pronunciation. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's a guy named you know, Ed. <laughs> guy um, named Ed <laughs> down the street. It probably is a guy named Ed, and I, I think that that's our cue to go to the next segment. And now it's time for Give Me Your Best Guest. Yeah. Freezing in here. Maybe that's because you're in a t-shirt, Tom, and it's cold outside. My clothes have nothing to do with the temperature outside. Uh, you'd be warmer if you had different clothes on. That's but not the, the room I made, PJ. <laughs> I said it's freezing in here. I didn't say I'm freezing in here. <laughs> I am, but that's not, that's not what I said. But your shirt is insulating your body from allowing it to warm up the shop. Yeah, exactly. So you you probably need to wear a tank top if you want the shop to get any warmer. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. take your pants off. Don't encourage oh, him, off. Tanda. You know, it took me months to get him to wear pants. Okay, uh, let, let's getting back on target here. Um, Heidi, uh, we know that pottery is your number one skill. We want to know your top five. So what is your number two skill in the arsenal that, that we don't know about? Um, <clears throat> project management. Okay, and, and did you mm. learn that as a toddler, or was this something you picked up recently? I've always been a bossy pants. <laughs> <laughs> Just came naturally to you? Project management came naturally to you? Yeah, I'm a, I, I have very high worry and anxiety, and I think that's why I'm good at project management, because I'm constantly thinking about what could go wrong and trying to get people in an assortment of, of you know, you do this, now you do this, now you do this, because this is ultimately what's going to go wrong. I think that's why I'm good at project management and pottery. Okay. So uh, so is this just like out of the blue, or did you have some kind of training with this? Uh, well, out of co I talked about in college I was a sculpture major. Uh, out of college I needed a job became an, uh, a production artist, and then saw that I could make more money and be bossy pants if I moved into a project management type role. I feel like you took that job just so you could say bossy pants as much yes. as you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Bossy pants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that should have been what your answer was. What's, what's your number two skill? Bossy, bossy pants. Well, my husband can bossy tell you pants. that, too. <laughs> She's bossy pants. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, what is skill number three? Um, I'm a musician. I play music and okay. sing. And... I, I was going to call you out. If yeah, you that <laughs> I figured. <laughs> so, so what is your, um, where did that start? Uh, gosh, when I was in high school, I was on a softball team and our game got rained out and a friend of mine wanted me to try out for uh, Madrigal Choir. 
and I was like, I've never done choir before. I don't, I don't know if I want to do this. And very similar to you, PJ Galati, master of everything that you touched the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a curse. It's not an official title. It's a curse. Not I, I, title. she took me. She was like, I'll make you lasagna if you'll go to this tryout with me. Uh, and I was like, sure, I like food. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So so I went We'll sing for we'll sing for Lizzie. Right. So I went to the tryout and I got like second chair alto uh for this awesome. choir. Oh very and cool. then it was uh, it just grew from there. Like they had a guitar in the um choir room and I, I taught myself how to play it. Now, had you sung before? I mean, this wasn't <sighs> your like first time you'd ever stuff. like church stuff yeah. but you had some i mean it wasn't like you were totally afraid to to even agree to it yeah or do you love lasagna that oh, much man, i like lasagna a lot it was lasagna <laughs> it was the lasagna <laughs> uh well i was you're, you're not you're not gonna believe me but we we actually had lasagna oh nice dinner. nice <laughs> Just, i can't i yeah i can't make I'll send you a picture later. <laughs> uh, also, you're not going to believe it, Heidi, but that's how we got Tom on the podcast. Lasagna. <laughs> Convince him with lasagna. <laughs> I am um, back on track, though. Uh, I was I studied music from the time I was in, like, second grade or something. So I did piano. I did trumpet. I did, you know, I learned all the woodwinds in high school, and then I started learning all the brass instruments. Um so I knew I was musical, but I didn't, I mean, I thought I could carry a tune with Sarah McLaughlin and Alanis Morissette, but. <laughs> so you, you had, you had some, some foundation in, in music. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that, that was very helpful. See, I am the, the complete opposite. I have a- anti-foundation, no foundation. <laughs> I, I'm very bad when it comes to musical things. I don't sing. I don't play any instruments. I don't. Uh, I I don't even know like the names of singers and bands. Like I'm mm. super bad. Nobody played music in my house growing up. So right. any music that I know, I actually get now from Instagram. That's that's how I know. Like when whenever you see like those trending videos and they have like a catchy, cool sounding soundtrack on there, I get my other phone and I hook up Shazam and I'm like, who is this? <laughs> And then I find them on yeah on uh, YouTube because they all have videos Yahoo. with their music. Yeah, yeah. so then I just using Yahoo? I just not Yahoo. My brain doesn't work. YouTube, <laughs> and then I just I, I get like all their whole catalog of songs. I'm like, all right, convert to MP3, and then I just download everything. Now I got a new playlist, and that's how my music comes about. Not because somebody recommended them or because I went to a concert or because I know anything. It was a trending video, and I have like right now like four playlists of that music on my phone nice so it's a it, but i i envy you that talent um it is it is a nice thing to have uh, the, the the ability to uh to understand the music uh especially uh how should i put this i i i am a filmmaker i went to film school and you need music and film and when you don't know anything about music it's very difficult very very difficult so uh, i had i had to ask for help but um let's move on to your fourth skill set um i'm very good at uh drawing i'm a good drawer oh we love that skill here 
Tom hates it, but I love it. Mm. I think it's great. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't... Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I say drawing, Tom's like, what? No, my son does that. Oh, yeah. So yes. how? tell us how the drawing started. Uh, gosh, I obsessed over drawing when I was little. Like, I... That's all I wanted to do ever until mm -hmm. I met Legos, and then, you know, that took off. Oh, again. yeah. But, then uh, you drew all over the Legos. And then I drew all over the Legos. I had this friend... I had this friend in middle school and high school who lived, like, I lived in the country, so he lived a, a couple of hillsides over from me, and I used to mm -hmm. meet him on, when it, the weather was nice, I used to meet him on a hillside, and we just draw from comic books for, like, hours and hours and hours, and that was, that was my geeky life. <laughs> That's awesome that you have that memory that you could go to a hillside with a friend of yours and just draw stuff all day. Yep. That's, that's cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's, there weren't any hills where I lived. Well, well, <laughs> there valleys. were, but there was there was houses on the hills. There was houses everywhere, so <laughs> I couldn't valleys. do that. Yeah, back alleys. Yeah, there was, there was the woods. I could go to the woods, but I didn't go there to draw things. I went there to burn stuff. Oh, so. kill yeah. small animals too. Huh? Py pyro, the pyro, <laughs> fire sommelier. Uh, um, <laughs> fire sommelier. Oh, yes. you, you smell, smell different charcoals the, and the lick them and <laughs> oh, this was a zippo lighter this used oh. to be a birch tree oh yeah, yeah. i can oh. tell mm, i smell some good. citrus in there it's a good vintage <laughs> what is that barrel age it's barbecue smoke <laughs> uh, well i mean um that's cool that's cool i like the fact that you you draw a lot and especially the comics and stuff my, um, that's that's a good thing to have. Let's move on to your final and fifth skill. What do you got for us? Wow us with something. Um, gosh, I'm a good orator. <laughs> I, I'm it's good with public speaking and. Let me Google that. Orator. Oh, okay. I, I I thought for a second Tom was gonna have to bleep that out. This is a family show. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was um I was taught in high school how to do public speaking through church and then was a pseudo youth pastor uh, in college so I needed to be able to talk through like what we would have called um, our walk. What are, what, are, what are some of the typical problems pseudo youth have? Pseudo youth you know they pretend that they're youth but they're really 42 uh, you know just counsel them. Th th those are like, called pedophiles. Like those actors yes. on 21 uh, Jump Street. Yes, you know, the Johnny uh, Depp's gotcha. of the world who, you know, never age, but do. I, I can see why they would need <laughs> a pastor. Yes. Do you, did they train you at all um, how to identify pseudonyms? Pseudonyms, you know, mm. like... Oh, they're easily distinguished from real nims. Yes, the, the, the nims of age-old story just yes. glow a certain <laughs> way. Your... It's very obvious. They glow. I, I wasn't aware of that. Yes. Okay, I'll have to keep that in mind. I, yes. I think I might run into some at Maker Camp. Yes, so be careful was... with those nims. They like to steal your cheese. <gasps> Maker Camp. Well, you know, there was that famous movie, The Secret of Nim. And mm. if you watch that, it kind of lays it all out for you. Yeah, yeah. You get all the rules. Mm -hmm. Talking tucking mice and everything. <clears throat> I think that covers everything. We should, we should move on. Was that our best guess? I don't know, but it was a guest. All right, it is time for short and sweet. 
Heidi, do you have anything that you want to say to wrap up the show? Any shout-outs, any, any complaints, uh, anything at all you want to talk about? Um, no, it's just a really nice to be here. And this is the most interesting podcast format I've been on. I've been on quite a few podcasts. <laughs> it's very fun. Well, that's the nicest that way. That was a very nice way of saying it. that. It's so structured. <laughs> it's, it's so structured. There's like real, it's formulaic. And I'm used what to just going on podcasts and having to figure out what, what I should tell the guest uh, should be the next topic. Uh, this has been very nice. And it, it, it has. Go ahead. Is your, is your podcast? I'm sorry, I'm very behind. Is your podcast still going? I have not listened in a long time. No, we uh, we wrapped it. I think we did like a season and a half of uh, Origin Point, and then um, it, we took a break, and there was just a lot of personal stuff that had happened, and we just never got back to it. Okay, well that happens. Yeah. We have personal stuff like every week, and people hear about it. We probably should stop this show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've done ten seasons now, so yeah. each each one's just nine point six episodes. But yeah, those point six episodes are not as bad as the full ones, though. They're a lot quicker. We um, should do more point six episodes. episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, well, uh, Tom, do you have anything to to to, to add? Yes, Maker Camp. Uh-huh. You might be listening to this Friday on your way to Maker Camp. We will all be there, and I'm very excited. Not about that part. I'm just excited about Maker Camp. I couldn't care less to see PJ there. Hopefully, Candace, you'll be listening be to this to on, the, there. on the on the way to Maker Camp. If I remember to upload it before I leave for Maker Camp. <laughs> oh, when are you leaving? No, I, I'm I'm leaving on Friday. I'm going to fly on okay. Friday and camp for the weekend and fly back on Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be there Saturday morning. I'm driving up, and I'll be there all day Saturday and night, and then I'm leaving Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Cool. So and I'll be there. And I have a bunch of free stuff to give away, but I also have FrogPod seconds to sell. So if you want a slightly cheaper FrogPod, uh, I'll have them available. And if you ordered a FrogPod and you have not received one, I will have supplies with me to fulfill your order at Maker Camp and save myself the $7 of shipping. You will not get a refund. <laughs> I will keep all seven dollars. What about did, you, PJ? Did, did, what, what happened to you? It's going to me. It's the, it's just, uh, oh, I, I was just going to say did, everyone should follow Heidi at Whitehall Pottery on Instagram and wherever else you can find her, and check out all of her really cool stuff. And okay. go buy something from her wherever she sells stuff. <laughs> Yeah, order order a hundred mugs. Maybe buy something mugs, from yeah. Ben too. Yeah, just because he's yeah talented woodworker. Is, very is, talented. Is Maybe ben a very is, very cool box that my daughter treasures. Oh, that's awesome. He, I'll. Is it a treasure he'll box? be so excited to hear that. Is is Ben pretty much running the the slap stuff together account now, or do both of you still? I don't, yeah. I don't see you on my feed at all anymore. Yeah, I migrated to really just focusing on Whitehall Pottery and then Slap Stuff Together has just kind of gone to the wayside a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Ben will post, you know, if he does a project here and there. He's he's moved into doing um, uh, cabinetry for uh, mm-hmm. the union, so that's what he's been spending his time doing rather than chasing social media. Um, so a lot of his projects are more like 
uh, you know, big big display units and that kind of stuff for commercial use. Gotcha. He's gotcha. making me wow. a new headboard, though. If you saw like any of our latest posts, he uh, he's been putting together this like Japanese-inspired type head headboard for our bed. It's kind of cool. I love that stuff. Cool. I love all kind of That's Japanese cool architecture. Any yeah. anything Japanese like styled or themed, it's like I'm I'm all over it. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be his jam. Japanese jam. Japanese jam. Japanese, Japanese jam. jam. Mochi. <laughs> I love mochi. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, as for me, um, I, uh, I I, I kind of mentioned it earlier um, when we were talking about the uh, speaking to the Indian people on the phone. I ordered a banner uh, for Maker Camp to advertise uh, Junk Hunter Enterprises because I'm going to be selling tools there. And I had a ton of problems with with the people that it was the, the number one website that popped up. It seemed like a good deal. I... I I texted with them. They gave me answers that were the wrong answers. I called them three times. I immediately knew every single person was in India. You know, they were not here in the United States. They all gave me the wrong information. And I am praying that it shows up on time because mm. I, I gave myself a couple days leeway. It was supposed to be here today, which is Monday. We're recording a day early. Um, but because everything kept getting delayed because of their mistakes um or i should say my misinterpretation of their bad information maybe i should re reword that uh they said it's going to be here tomorrow um if it's not here tomorrow that's okay i got another day extra uh so you know we'll we'll see we'll see hopefully i do have a banner to to display you know. And and if it says junk hammer intestines instead of junk hunter industries, we, people will know it's you. They, they won't that care. PJ always coming up with new coming ways up with a things. clever twi- turn of phrase. Everybody knows that uh, I got junk hammers, so it's uh, it's, it's that's not off brand for me at all. Um, I I was wondering if I should even bring them. I've got I've got some hammer heads without handles. I know there's going to be blacksmithing going on. I'm bringing blacksmith vices. Post bastion head. I mean, is there going to be someone there with carving stuff too? So maybe people could make handles for your hammerheads. That's possible. Yeah, um, I've got. Uh, I actually, quite honestly, I was saving them all for myself, but I probably should sell some because I've got like 20 of them. And I, they've, I don't. they've been there every year, I think. So they'll have um, all the stuff there. They'll have draw knives and everything there to if people wanted to pair those up, that might be cool. I yeah. feel like I need uh, to you know catch a prob- flight. I, I don't know how much they go for. That's my mm-hmm. only problem. I'm probably gonna sell them for way too little. They're probably worth more. I don't know. I need I need a I need a hammer guy. I need somebody to tell me the value of hammers, you know. But um but yeah, so there's that. So hopefully I have a banner. I've been fixing things. And uh, I will bring in lots of stuff with me, stuff that I probably haven't seen in years that I find as I'm cleaning stuff out, and um, hopefully somebody will buy it. But moving on, uh, I want to thank all our patrons um, because it slipped by all three of us. I I didn't remember to do it last week. I don't know what happened, but I didn't I didn't thank anybody. Um, so, so I'm I'm gonna thank everybody now. 
and I wanted to start with our newest patron over at uh, Tinkering Rocks, Sean Osteen. Thank you very much. Got a flight. He's he's gonna fight me. What? What does that mean? No, the God of Flight. Oh, th- no, he doesn't. What was his name? <laughs> oh, Rolade. He's he's able to, yeah, something like that. I don't know. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, I'd like to thank uh, Old Timey Tools, very own Tanda, uh, Ben makes KC, uh, Seth Williams, Alan Scannell, Dave Bauer, Lauren Bache, Creator Nader, one of our top patrons, uh, Emery Pickering, David Beckwith, Aaron Lund, Overall Makerworks. Dave Bywelect, Marsh Wildman, Jack Has Tools, Garage Monkey Son, who this the, he makes, I see him all the time in my feed. That guy, I don't think there's a day goes by he hasn't made something new. Every time I see him, he's made like five things in a day. This guy, I don't know where he gets the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Miguel Angel Villa, Villalea. Uh, and Logan over at Pillage Then Burn. And that is our current Patreon list. Thank you all for supporting the show. We appreciate it. And if you would like your own custom skill, uh, sign up <laughs> at uh, patreon.com forward slash Most recent skills. skill notwithstanding. Yeah. But, well, don't you shouldn't stand on any skills. They're, well, standing could be a skill. Well, that is a skill. That is a mm. skill, yeah. If you can't stand... Um, Anyway, uh, moving on. We're going to the secret segment, which uh, only the patrons will hear. And if you want to be one of those cool people, uh, just hit us up. Thank you very much. And thank you, Heidi, for for coming on at the show. My pleasure. I didn't say thank you on the show. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.